0: You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 23 of Girls on the Grid. I'm Priya and unfortunately not joined by Tanea today as we're both just a bit all over the place, coming off a massive weekend at the Townsville 500 and couldn't line up again. (laughs) But it's okay, we made it. We're here come off the back of a huge weekend, quite an amazing weekend on my end. Uh, Not only was I working at the event, but my brother was also racing in the Toyota 86s and got his first race win in that category. So huge shout out to Clay. He's worked so hard to get to where he is. And also a big shout out to my dad. Um, He runs Clay all by himself. They both drove up to Townsville from Melbourne together. I'm going to say it was mostly dad driving, but yeah, like really long way and they do everything themselves and awesome just to see the hard work paying off and it was it was awesome being able to stand in the triple eight garage with dad and watch clay um i was saying to a lot of people like i used to get this really nervous feeling when i uh, not like a nervous feeling just like the kind of adrenaline excited nervous feeling um that i used to get when i watched my dad like racing around at Bathurst back in 2018 and and I have not felt like that since 2018 and that's how I felt watching that race um, which was really weird but it was really cool that I got to see my brother have his first win uh, in the 86s but yeah super happy and really proud of him so well done Clay Um, but on my end I was working with WAU as I do at the supercar events pretty busy weekend. Got in very late last night. Absolutely exhausted today. Today I only got in today as well. And she was so busy on the weekend. She was managing so many clients, which is awesome for her, but she literally did not stop. I think I ran into her maybe three times and yeah, we barely spoke, but it was a great weekend. Um, Great to get out of the cold Melbourne weather and up to some really nice weather in Queensland. It was perfect every day. It wasn't like boiling hot, or like cold. It was just perfect. It was so good. But anyway, let's get into the episode. Today's guest is Cass Hoare. She is a circuit Excel racer from Adelaide, and she sat down with me to have a chat about her racing career so far. She's only started driving a few years ago, but she's done so well for herself so far. So without further ado, here is episode 23 of Girls on the Grid with Cass Hoare. So now introducing Circuit Racer Cass Hoare. Cass, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I guess we'll go back to the very start. What is your motorsport story? Where did the love for motorsport begin for you? Um, So
1: basically um, 2019 was a really rough year for me. I had um, a car accident at the start of the year. Someone ran up the back of me doing 70Ks while I was stationary. And that kind of um, ruined my dreams as a gymnast because I had so many issues with my neck and my back. So I ended up quitting about August that year and my brother had asked me to do a tarmac rally with him in the Adelaide Hills. He wanted me to be his co-driver and I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Like, and we, we went around and um, we wrote out our own rally notes and everything like that. And it was just a really great experience. And then when we finally went through the first stage, it was just unreal. Like I was like, I love fast cars. This is sick. I want to race cars. I want to do this for a living. Um, and yeah, I suppose that's just how it started. Like he just asked me as his little sister to be his co-driver. And I was like, I want to race next time.
0: That's awesome. And going back, I was having a look on Instagram and everything and you used to be quite involved in gymnastics. And you said you nearly went to the 2020 Olympics. That's what you were set on. So where did that all start for you?
1: Um, I started gymnastics when I was, well, I started a gymnastics sport called trampolining. So it's basically like doing flips in a, on a trampoline. Um, I started that when I was five years old and just kind of fell in love with like the joy of flying in the air. Um, and I suppose after that, I uh, just continued and eventually got accepted into a high performance program where they had made prior Olympians. And the goal there was always just to make the Olympics. Um, which I did get very close to, um, I was one of the, the top, um, placing Australian female athletes, uh, at the 2018 world championships in Russia.
0: So. Obviously you had the injury. Does that still affect you now?
1: Uh, not, I mean, obviously on the road, you still get like the bit of hesitancy when someone comes up behind you going really fast and you're like, is he going to stop or not? But I don't, I don't ever get that feeling while racing. It's so strange.
0: And also, so like you said, you used to race with your brother, Josh, who sadly passed away, but that must have been a really special thing though, to be able to race with him and and share that passion.
1: It was, it was actually like a blessing in disguise because Tree did that event. And I think it was, it was literally three or four days after he passed away. It was really sudden after the event and it was so unexpected. It was, it was painful, but you know, I had all those great memories. And the last memory that we had was just, you know, one that I will never forget. I'll treasure it forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really nice to see the admiration you have for him. And I also saw that you presented the Josh Hoare Memorial Trophy back in 2019. How special was that for you?
1: Uh, it's so hard to get up there and present that trophy without crying because I know he'd he'd love it so much. Um but originally like Circuit Excel in South Australia, they came to us and was like, you know, your brother was such a good racer. Like he was 2015 state champion, I think. Um, and he was always clean. We, we hardly spent any money on it. And um, he just did everything off his own back, uh, practicing all the time, you know. Um, and they came to us with the idea that they wanted to set up this trophy system in honor of him. Um, and they ask one of our family members to present it every year and it turns out to be me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously really nice to have that kind of inspiration from him um, coming into the sport. But did you yourself, did you go through kind of the grassroots stuff like go-karting or were you just straight into the race car? Uh,
1: basically straight into the race car. The only other, like I wouldn't really call it racing, but I spent a lot of time rental karting and you know, playing the V8 supercars on the PlayStation type thing. So I kind of knew like the different lines of each track just from video games. Um, but I suppose we just went straight into car racing because I had my license by then and I've never driven anything but a manual car. So we just, we went straight for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And do you do a bit of sim racing on the side as well?
1: Um, I was during COVID a lot uh, and then work kind of pushed that out of the way and then um, Brenton O'Brien came to me and asked me to join the evolution racing team, which has been, you know, awesome. Like Logitech have the best gear, as you can yeah, tell. Nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. They gave us,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all the sponsors help out the team like a great deal. And then Brenton does a wonderful job running it. And he, he does all he can to help us progress in sim racing and, I really do look forward to doing more of that when I can.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. And so, what is your career aspiration? Where do you see yourself kind of taking your motorsport career at this stage of your life?
1: At this stage, um, I think probably in the next two or three years, I'd love to do Trans Am. Love to do Trans Am. Because, like, eventually, if I can get myself over to America, I want to do NASCAR.
0: Oh, wow. That's good. No, yeah. that's aiming high. Love to see it. That's good. And how long have you been doing Excels for?
1: Um, I started in 2019 and I've probably done a total of about 15 to 20 races. Not Maybe not even because COVID kind of disrupted everything and rounds got cancelled. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's such a pain. I, um, no, I'm actually, I really enjoy watching the excels. I think it's really fun and it's a really, it's a nice kind of community as well. And would you say it's a more, um, I guess kind of a more affordable style of racing or is, you know, I mean. It definitely
1: was when I started.
0: Yeah. 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 It's never it's, like affordable though, isn't it?
1: <laughs> no, not really. I mean, when you look in the aspects of like buying your tires and your brake pads and stuff like that, it's fairly affordable. But when they bring in stuff like controlled suspension that costs $3,000 and then entry fees that cost $600, you know, and that's when it really adds up when you want to be competitive, you've got to start buying tires every weekend. you got to pay the entry fee every weekend, you know, you got to, you got to, but we've just always kind of ran on the bare minimum until I get that little bit more experience in the category. And then, you know, it, it just turned out that um, from doing that, I've ended up being more competitive probably than um, most people. So
0: no, that's really cool. And is um, like, is the rest of your family involved at all? Do you have parents helping out at all or what's kind of the team situation like? uh dad's
1: pretty much my main mechanic and um I'd say financial officer yeah (laughs) um mum definitely does a lot in terms of like she makes all my um my race gear and that so if we need team shirts she'll she loves doing craft so she'll make all our team shirts and she'll run around and give me water at the track when I need it and make sure I'm wearing a hat and you know, just doing mother things.
0: Oh, that's good. That's really handy having everyone involved. And so what does kind of a, a normal day look like for you? Oh, you said you work really long hours. What does a normal work day look like for you?
1: Um. So normally like my day job would either be working at Bridgestone, um, changing tires, or I work with my dad um, in water desalinization, which I really do love. I'd like to get more into that, but just you know time frame at the moment um and then in the afternoons I still coach gymnastics so
0: oh awesome
1: I'm doing that six days a week and coaching fairly highly competitive
0: athletes so yeah busy girl wow yeah <laughs> I try um, and fit it all in <laughs> yeah that's good and what about um at the racetrack what's kind of a what does a day look like for you at the track
1: well luckily um I've got Braden Wilmington from Braden Wilmington Motorsports he comes over to every one of my rounds and um you know, helps us with setup as well as his dad, Gary. Um, and I, I basically just get to sit back and relax a little bit. You know, my dad and him do all the work on the car so that I don't have to stress about it. And um, he also helps me with the driver coaching. So we go through some, some video footage and that, and he can be like, oh, you can do this a little bit better or that was really good, keep doing that type thing. So it's pretty relaxing.
0: Yeah, great. And you also work with Brayden Wilmington in TCR, so tell us a bit about your role and what you do there.
1: Away from the racetrack, I actually manage all of his sponsors and marketing and social media and everything like that. Just so, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that aspect of things because it can get quite overwhelming. Like having to work out content for me alone is hard enough. And being let the driver, alone...
0: it's really yeah, hard. It's yeah, good to have yeah. kind of other people doing it for you. It's yeah. one thing
1: you don't want to worry about when you're at a race weekend, to be honest. But um, on a race weekend... I I basically do a bit of everything. Like I'll team manage. I'll make sure the the crew's where they need to be at the right time. I'll make sure Brayden's over at the scales when he needs to be. Um, I'll cook food for everybody. I'll clean up a little bit. Um, I'm car controller. I run through the data and download all the data from the car. I just a bit of everything on the team. (laughs)
0: Lots. Yeah. So obviously you've had a lot of different roles. What's kind of what kind of is your favourite, I guess? What's your favourite role outside of being a driver?
1: Um, I love being his car controller, like being on the radio to him and getting to say like, oh, there's a safety car or there's someone that's spun in front of you. Like kind of like an engineer type person, but I'm not a qualified engineer. Um, yeah, I, I love that job. It's so much fun. And you, you just, you walk around thinking you're the best person in the world because you've got the headset on. And
0: <laughs> that's great. And TCR is quite a fun category as well. Is that something that maybe you'd like to do one day?
1: Definitely, 100%, yes. Um, It's obviously just all budget restraints and trying to make up the money to run it, of course. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. But they'd be a great car to run. They they look awesome.
0: No, it's really cool. And so what is kind of your, um, like, sponsorship backing? Who have you got involved?
1: Um, Currently I have the Bridgestone that I work at, so... Um, they help us with getting tyres for each round, like supplying them and we just buy them off them. Um, and then I can just basically go in and use the machines and any other services I need from them for free. Um, anything to do with the race car, they'll they'll give me for free. Um, uh, then I've got um, the bloke the next door to our workshop, General Sheet Metal Services. Um, he does a lot of aluminium work. So we've got our... Uh, door panels, the inner door panels and that made from him and he's just done lots of little uh, steel and aluminium work that needed to be done on the car, uh, which is really good. He does that all, never ask for any money, which is great. Um, yeah, so I recently had um, Morstel powder coaters and Plimpton Grip Blasting come on board. Um, he did my, we, we got sick of the car being a bit bland and um, we got him to uh, colour my, my wheels yellow, bright yellow. Um, so he's going to do touch-ups and stuff like that for us. I've also literally just today, I had a uh, N Garage jump on board and they're going to supply brake pads for me and, you know, just little stuff like that.
0: Good. That's a really handy, handy group of people to have on board. And other than Excels, is there any other categories that you get to go out and have a bit of fun in?
1: Yeah, so they do these things called uh, Deputy Four Hours in um, New South Wales at the Pheasant Wood Circuit. Um, We get to run them as part of Braden Wilmington Motorsports, me and another girl called Sarah. Um, We've just run in a Subaru and have a bit of fun. And I think currently we're actually leading that championship, which is pretty cool. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. So we had one race win, which was my first ever race win. Um, I think it was either last month or the month before. And then um, the first one we did this year, we came second. So it was pretty cool.
0: Great. Congrats. Thank you very much. (laughs) And so outside of racing, what do you do to keep yourself kind of race fit, whether it's something fitness wise or being on the sim? What do you do just to kind of keep in tune?
1: Um, I work with uh, Shape Up with Sammy. I think that's what she's still called. Um, But I work with a girl called Sam Palmer. Um, She does all my personal training plans for me um and I just have like a little backyard gym that I go and lift weights and do stuff like that it's kind of like a bit of stress relief as well and keeps me fit and then you know I go for long walks if I get a chance or sometimes I'll jump on the sim and just play like the f1 game and try and get my um my grip strength up a little bit
0: (laughs) obviously coming back into the the normal normal world now post pandemic how often would you say you are racing
1: If all goes well, I'm racing almost every month. There's some months that I miss, but it's almost every month, Um, which is great because, you know, when you're learning that the main thing you need is just seat time. And I've been told that so much by Gary Wilmington. Um, You just need seat time to get better, which is what I've been trying to do.
0: And so for you personally, so far, what has been your favourite track to race at?
1: definitely the bend international circuit
0: awesome yeah like
1: in the xl that is just flat
0: it does look really fun it is it is
1: it is flat and it's like you don't know what's going to happen with the cars in front of you and you're just like you're just going to hold on for dear life
0: yeah thinking where am i going to end up
1: next yeah it definitely does
0: yeah
1: but i love that circuit like the the shahins did a great job
0: with that circuit and i absolutely adore it no, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's such a cool facility as well. Yeah, like I love being up fancy. there. It's yeah. really cool. <laughs> and so if you could race anywhere in the world, any track in the world, where would it be?
1: I want to go to spa. I love doing spa on the sim. Like no matter what it is, I love spa.
0: Would you ever do like an endurance race or something if the opportunity came up? Absolutely, yeah. Have you done the Bathurst six hour?
1: No, I haven't. Um, I, I went and did that competition. I was the only girl selected um, for that Battlers of Bathurst competition. Yep.
0: Yep. Oh, I wondered um, about that. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I won via that voting process and, you know, I just kind of went there with the attitude that I'm going to show up all these boys and yeah, show them what I've got. It. And It was really unfortunate because I haven't done a lot of um, like wet racing yet, wet weather racing. Um, And it started off the first three sessions that we had, it was just bucketing down. And I was like, this is so sad. Like, I know I can do so much better, but I'm just having to like learn what the car is doing in the rain. Um, But as soon as it dried up, like I made it into the top five shootout. Um, And then we had to draw our Dorians out of a bucket. And I I drew mine first, of course. And I was so nervous having to do, because it was a one lap shootout. Yeah, like what okay. they do in supercars and that and i was so nervous but i think i was only um like four tenths or something off the quickest time so it, it proved that i could be up there and it, it really like it kind of boosted my confidence but at the same time it didn't because i really wanted that drive but of course yeah you know i i, I just really appreciate the opportunity because you know when are you ever going to get another chance to do something like that
0: is the aim to eventually race at Bathurst though? Like that's a bit of a dream, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to this year because um, the Excel has got an opportunity to race at the 12 hour and then I think we ended up getting booted out for 86s.
0: Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was like Ah, uh, yeah. It's a category I work for. Yeah. Oh, I is did, it? Yeah. yeah. I did wonder about that actually. That oh, that was the really first cool.
1: event I was gonna do, yeah. Oh, damn. I was gonna no. I was gonna do the um six hour as well, but then they put in pulsars, so I just kind of like missed that gap to do it. The poor excels, they just keep getting pushed out. That's because you just got some of those silly drivers in there that ruin it for everybody, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: It's it's hard, isn't it? But um, you're also involved with the girls on track program. Yes. yes yep. So how has this experience been for you, inspiring the? next generation of girls coming into the sport.
1: It's, it's been definitely like an eye opener. Um, seeing some of these young girls come through, like from go-karting and that the main thing, like in Adelaide that we do, well, that I do as part of girls on track is the simulator, um, activities and seeing some of the girls that do go-karting and that, like the younger ones, they are so talented already. Like it's incredible. Um, you don't, you don't see many older girls, unfortunately though, because you know, they've just still got their license and they're all driving with one hand and yeah. you gotta,
0: <laughs> you gotta it. try and,
1: yeah, you gotta try and reteach them the, um, the good old 10 and two, but you know, it is, it's actually, I, isn't
0: it not, isn't it nine and three nowadays? Cause I teach junior driving and that's, oh, what do is it different oh. than I like race car? Yeah. I was told nine and three, nine and three. I think, yeah.
1: I don't think I've ever paid attention to that in a race car. I've always just held Ten on. in two works.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's almost the same thing. Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to, as part of the Girls on Track program, like organize a hot lap type thing or get them to actually drive a car.
0: Because yep. it to
1: drive on a simulator, it's so much different to driving an actual car, um, and it's actually a lot harder.
0: Everyone says that. It is
1: because you have no feel of the pedals or you don't get to feel the tires on the road. You don't know what's happening.
0: I guess it would be harder in that sense. Yeah. For you probably what's been the most rewarding part of being involved in a program like that.
1: Um, So recently I did the, I did a pit tour um, with the girls on track girls um, when I was crewing for Braden Wilmington um, and they all came in and, they asked me so many questions and they just wanted to know how do I get involved? Like, what can I do? Can you help me out? And I think that's the most rewarding part is seeing them, um, you know, maybe at a racetrack involving themselves in a team. Like I had, um, one girl in particular from that event that said, can you help me get into admin somewhere? Like I'd really love to do admin. And I was like, sure. Let me, let me contact a few teams and see if you can do some work experience or anything like that. And, that's 100% the most rewarding part is just seeing them do what they want to do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And not, not being afraid of it.
0: So, for you, obviously, you're traveling around with TCR at the moment and you've worked in a lot of different roles. So, you've got a lot of experience behind you. If you had any other kind of opportunity come up overseas to work, is that something that you would do?
1: As long as I could still race cars over there, yes. If it was, if, yeah, if it was just a pure, um, job, I probably would consider it and maybe start it and then might get sick of it and leave. But, you know, ultimately I'd love to drive cars for a living, but you know, I don't, I really don't mind helping out. Like I'm a very generous person in that aspect.
0: Yeah. Love that. That's <laughs> don't good. say no. And that's, that's kind of the way you got to be. I think in this sport, it's hard because, you know, you've got to. Well, you've got to be passionate about it, of course, but you've got to make those sacrifices and that sometimes means... Well, that's how you working. learn as well. Exactly, yeah. for sure. But um, so just going back a bit, when you... Because I, I suppose you've only been racing for a couple of years. When you had the initial kind of light bulb moment where you're like, okay, no, I'm doing this. This is what I want to do. How long did it actually take for you to kind of decide, yep, this is what I want to do to then actually getting something to put together and getting on the track? It was it was kind of
1: lucky in a way because my brother and my dad had already pulled apart um, another Excel and it was just kind of sitting in our workshop as a shell. Um, And like as much as I hated him passing away and everything, um, I I think it probably took about a month after he passed away for us to start building that because I I just said to my dad, I want to do it. I wanna, I wanna do it, I wanna build the car, I wanna know how it works so that I can be a better driver um, uh, and then we can take it on track when we're finished. Um, and that was, he, he passed away. Oh, so we did, the, we did the rally in October. He passed away that same month and I, we started building it in November and it
0: was finished by December. And so were you out on track at that point already? Um, we were out on track in February. And so before that, it was no, there wasn't really much prior training or anything? No, not at all. <laughs> That's so I think cool to see. I like... from, yeah,
1: I hadn't done anything really. Um, I popped my head in his door a couple of times and been like, hey, can I have a go on the sim? And I was terrible at it. Like, I remember um going on Braden sim for the first time and he got me to play this rally game and I literally couldn't get past the start line. I kept crashing into the poles like it was, like, I'm it was the exact terrible. Same though.
0: It's so hard. <laughs> like I just It is. I feel like I put my foot on the accelerator and it just the car spins in a circle. I can't Yeah. Like, yeah, can't stop
1: it. <laughs> that's
0: exactly how I felt as well. Yeah, and I guess this is girls on the grid and we like to it always gets to this point, but being a female driver have you ever felt excluded because the sport is so male dominant?
1: Uh, I would actually say absolutely not. Um, when I first started in not like we I was going to do a heap of um, training in that for a year and then do an Excel round, but we ended up just going, you know, I'm not bad at this. Let's just give it a go. In mm-hmm. um, the first Excel round that I went to, everyone came up to me and made sure that I – was comfortable or I knew what I was doing or if we needed any help or any parts, if something went wrong, everyone was just so nice, um, and willing to help. And that's something that's always stayed in the Excel community is if you have something that breaks, there's someone over to you straight away being like, what can I do? What can I get you? I've got this, this, and this, you know? Um, and yet the, um, I think it was actually Lisa Tatani. Her, her idea for that first round was for all the newbies to have, um, a buddy system
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the buddy actually ended up being my brother's best friend in the series. So, okay. um, yeah, he just, he came over to me and checked up on me and gave me a few pointers and everything. And, um, yeah, I've never once felt excluded, maybe a little bit of tension when um you start seeing that name and you're like I know who that is yeah and the boys are like I don't want her to pass me I'm just gonna you know give her a little whack but never never ever ever felt excluded like everyone in SA loves having me there and that probably sounds really selfish but um I've never ever ever
0: no that's really good and that's what I love about kind of the the smaller racing community is that it's all such close knit and everyone just understands that they're everyone's here cause they love it, you know? Yeah. And you yeah. just help each other out because it definitely is different, I think in the higher categories, I suppose. But do you think, do you think the sport as a whole is kind of becoming more inclusive?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how it was before, but I remember um, when I went to the Girls on Track event at the Formula One Grand Prix, um, there was uh, one of the officials that was telling me a story about when she came there like five years ago. Um, And they wouldn't believe that she was a scrutineer because she was a woman. And it wasn't until she came in with like her officials, uh, officials of the year badge that year, that they actually believed her and apologised to her. And she just said the scenery, yeah, the scenery has just changed. Like I can walk around with a Scrutini shirt now and everyone loves
0: it. They love it. They praise you for being in the sport. It's so different now, but it's really good to see like even at, at Baku, the Grand Prix, that I think there was they had the highest number of female officials or something, mm. which is crazy. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I think, it, you know, it's definitely becoming more inclusive and and more um, definitely more equal for sure. But our final question is, what advice do you have for girls wanting to get into motorsport?
1: I know it probably sounds really cheesy because everyone else says it, but just do it. You know, I came from a gymnastics background, I barely knew motorsport, I barely knew how to change a tyre, you know, use a rattle gun, anything like that. And, you know, now I can change the front brakes by myself and fit tyres and strip them and I can drive a race car competitively. You know, it's just, it just goes to show when you put your heart to something that you really want, you can make it happen. And I just think, make that happen. Do what you want to do. Don't let anyone stand in your way.
0: I love it. And I love love to see the passion, but Cass, it's been really great to have you on the pod and really interesting to hear your story and all the work you've put in to get to where you are in such a short amount of time as well. So yeah, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on what you're up to. And thanks again for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Big thank you to Cass for taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me. Really motivating words from her. Like I said, she hasn't really taken the traditional way of breaking into the motorsport world as a driver, but she's proven that you can really do anything if you want it bad enough and you work hard enough for it. So Thanks again, Cass, um, for sitting down. Uh, it was really good. I really enjoyed the chat, um, but also really, really glad to hear that Cass is doing okay after a very scary crash at Malala on the weekend. Um, but thank God she's all good. She's okay. Just a bit sore. Um, but hopefully we'll see her back out in the Excel soon, but thank you all for listening to this episode as always hope you enjoyed it um, we do have a big lineup of guests but we're always adding names to the list so remember you can always comment or dm us on our socials of who you think we should interview next or if you think anyone deserves a shout out let us know but thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week you've just listened to another network R production